This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how operating differently can help you overcome the pressures facing your dealership today at reyrey.com slash operate differently. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year automotive news digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News here in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker, also in Detroit. Today on the show, the UAW lowers its demand for pay raises as the strike deadline nears. Ford hires a new chief marketing officer and announces new roles for two members of the Ford family. And Tesla price cuts drive U.S. EV market share. Plus, we'll hear from Margot Oge, the former director of the EPA's Office of Transportation and Air Quality, about why she's optimistic about efforts to fight air pollution and climate change. I have been in the environmental field since 1980. And, and seriously, this is the most exciting times that I'm experiencing. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Days before it's threatening to strike the Detroit Three, the UAW has reduced its demand for pay raises over the next four years to the mid-30% range. That comes from people familiar with the offer. In recent days, the union has made counteroffers to Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis that include the new target, It had previously demanded raises totaling more than 40%. Exact details of the proposal were not immediately available. One person familiar with the offers told Automotive News the UAW's new request was as low as 36%. The updated range is notable in that it marks a willingness by the union to compromise on one of its top demands after holding firm for more than a month. The UAW's contracts with the Detroit 3 expire Thursday night at 11.59 p.m. Ford has hired a new chief marketing officer and moved two members of the Ford family into new roles. Lisa Matarazzo has been named CMO effective immediately. She was the top marketing executive at Toyota Motor North America. In her new role, Matarazzo will lead advanced product planning and all marketing activities across the Ford Blue, Model E, and Ford Pro business units. Matarazzo will also oversee Ford Performance and Lincoln. She reports to CEO Jim Farley. Ford also announced new roles for two members of the founding family. Mm-hmm. Elena Ford, the great-great-granddaughter of founder Henry Ford, is now chief dealer engagement officer. And Will Ford, son of executive chair Bill Ford, is joining the company this month as general manager of Ford Performance. New vehicle registration data shows U.S. market share for electric vehicles rose to 7.2% in the first seven months of the year. And Tesla spurred demand with price cuts throughout the year. According to the Experian data, new U.S. EV registrations increased to nearly 656,000 in the January to July period for a 67% rise from a year earlier. Tesla had more than 390,000 registrations from January to July, almost 60% of the EV market. Total new light vehicle registrations for the seven months were about 9.1 million. 
And finally, J.D. Power has agreed to acquire AutoVista Group. It provides European and Australian automotive data, analytics, and industry insights. AutoVista Group's senior leadership and 700 employees will stay with the company as it becomes J.D. Power's auto market intelligence platform for Europe and Australia. AutoVista Group's CEO, Lindsay Roberts, will work as president of J.D. Power Europe and report to J.D. Power CEO, Dave Habiger. The acquisition is expected to close by the end of 2023. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, it's Tuesday, and we know what happens at 11.59 p.m. Thursday night. Is the UAW and the Detroit Three getting close to a deal? Closer, I think, that's for sure. You know, we've seen a lot of progress in the last week or two. Uh, The automakers came back with their offers in the mid-teens. So the UAW comes down to the 30s if the automakers can come up to the 20s. There's no reason they can't sit down and hammer out a deal unless one side or the other just doesn't want to. So we'll see. They should be able to get close. May still be a strike. Hopefully it'll be a short one. I hope so, too. Uh, Coming up, a conversation with the former director of the EPA's Office of Transportation and Air Quality, Margot Oge. That's next on Daily Drive. Economic uncertainty, vehicle affordability, and ever-increasing customer expectations are threatening the profitability and efficiency gains you've made over the last couple of years. You may be finding the strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. You offer online options so customers can begin the buying process remotely, but your salespeople have to rebuild the deal or correct it during the in-store appointment. You ask your advisors to be proactive about calling customers to get work approved, but still wind up with occupied bays and stalled jobs when the customer doesn't answer the phone. Your business office clerks are trying to process steel jackets faster, but funding still takes weeks. The strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. Getting better at outdated and inefficient processes will only get you so far. Let's face it, Netflix isn't a household name because they got really good at mailing DVDs. And nearly half of Apple's revenue comes from the iPhone, not from the computers the company was founded on. These companies evolved as new challenges presented themselves instead of sticking with the status quo. It's time for a mindset shift. It's time to operate differently. Finding new and innovative ways to operate is essential to effectively managing the pressures facing your dealership. Visit reyrey.com slash operate differently to get started. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Margot Oge was the chief architect of the EPA's 2012 carbon emission standards, the first attempt by the U.S. to address climate change through the Clean Air Act. She's now the chair of the International Council on Clean Transportation. She recently spoke with Automotive News Tech and Innovation team leader Pete Bigelow on Shift, a podcast about mobility. Here's a piece of their conversation. At the beginning of 2023 in January, you know, you wrote a very interesting editorial about 2023 being a, a make or break year, essentially, for, for bold action when it comes to uh, accelerating clean transportation. So set the stage here a little bit for this talk. What was it that you saw at the outset of this year that that made it look so pivotal? So for your for your listeners, I have been on this for too long. Maybe you were not born. <laughs> I have been on the environmental field since 1980. And, and seriously, this is the most exciting times that I'm experiencing uh, between the work that 
car makers are doing and track makers, the investments that they are making, the suppliers, and the policies that are following from various, you know, China, Europe, US. But for the US, what makes me really excited, other than having President Biden in the office and Michael Reagan as the administrator, is really the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, the $370 you know, billion, is a massive set of investments uh, that will really help companies, what they already have been doing. I mean, companies have been investing, am I right? They've been investing across the board for the last eight years or so. Uh, we saw it in China, following Europe, and even in the US. But IRA is going to accelerate these investments, first of all. Uh, it doesn't require anybody to do anything, okay? It's, government has a bunch of incentives, tax credits, you know, for buyers of cars and trucks, uh, the states, the manufacturers, but also it will create, I think, in my mind, the opportunity for U.S. to lead again. You know, when I first started in this job back in the 90s, U.S. was leading. California was doing a terrific job. EPA under the leadership of different <laughs> administrations, you know, Republicans, Democrats, we were leading. You know, back in the 90s, we were, the U.S. was, you know, we, we didn't have any cars that didn't have catalytic converters. That wasn't the same thing in Europe, and forget about China. But we have lost our opportunity to lead. And we can get to that a little bit more and philosophize about it. But now, I think, with the Inflation Reduction Act and all the investments that are going to be made in the U.S., in our country, across the country, you know, 40 states are having all these investments across the country, along with EPA's policies to set standards, ambitious, but I believe doable, achievable emission standards for both cars and trucks, I think creates the perfect storm uh, for us to decarbonize the transportation sector, to lead as a country, our industry leading, uh, and then, you know, protecting you know the public in the US because when we're talking about electric cars we're not talking just greenhouse gases we're talking about zeroing out the emissions from the tailpipe the nitrogen oxides am I right the volatile organics they are toxics uh, what comes out when you put fuel in your in your vehicle in the VAP emissions that is zeroing out period so that's what makes me excited and hopefully we can help reduce the impacts that we're going to see from climate change. We're not going to zero them out, but the hope is that the U.S. contribute in reducing the severity of the impacts that we're going to be facing in this country and the globe as a whole. Margo, I'm curious, uh, you know, from your vantage point, how, how did we fall behind? Well, you know, when President Obama came uh, to the office, he was a terrific president. And he tried to do a lot back in 2009. So, you know, you know, if you remember uh, back those days, you know, under the White House direction, EPA, California, uh, NHTSA, we all got together. We set the first greenhouse gas standards for cars and trucks. Then we set the second set of greenhouse gas standards all the way to 2025, okay? 54.5 uh, mile MPG levels. And then President Obama also had a number of incentives under the Department of Energy. There were loans, there were manufacturing support. And also we had these extraordinary tax credits for electric cars. And, and we were doing quite well. And then what happens, you know, you, you saw the investments, EPA, NHTSA, California worked together, you know, for clean cars and trucks. And then President 
Trump comes into the office. And, you know, one of the first industries that reached out to the new president was the automotive industry. There was the alliance of the automotive industry. And they said, Mr. President, we cannot do it. It's too tough. You're going to have to fix it. And then he cut the Department of Energy funding. And at the same time, you know, China was about the same time, 2001, that China started investing. Not just for climate change. Am I right? I mean, you know, obviously it helps uh, pollution and climate, but they saw investments in electric vehicles as an industrial policy, first and most important. So their investments continue, am I right? And that's why we're seeing them being a global player when it comes to EV, to, you know, raw materials and so forth. So what I don't want to happen is to make the same mistake, am I right? <laughs> so the, the industry raised their hands again, because we're in such a different place and say, you know, President Biden, this is too much, too fast, slow down. And we're seeing it from car companies, and I can mention them, and we can say it more specifically from the association, you know, the alliance, where, in my view, typically, associations represent the lowest common denominator. You know, not everybody will be in the same place, am I right? Somebody, some have invested more, am I right? Like um, Ford and GM. Others like Toyota, they're just catching up and I hope they're serious that they wanna catch up. So the alliance has to reflect different perspectives and that's my fear. So backing up a second, President Biden in the White House did put forth the new proposal for 58 mile per gallon a standard by 2032. Are you seeing the same pushback to that that you've seen throughout your career when when the new bar is kind of set? Or are we in a moment now because sustainability is such a front and center issue where where there is less pushback to to yeah. setting an ambitious standard? So, so, so let me clarify a couple of things. Uh, the, what, what you mentioned was the NHTSA's fuel economy standard. And then EPA last April proposed standards that could could potentially, you know, we could potentially see 67% of new car sales to be electric in 2032. And I'm saying could, because this is not a mandate. So, and then NHTSA then, what NHTSA has done with their 58 miles per gallon is to try to harmonize with the EPA proposal in April. And some companies obviously are concerned because they believe that the harmonization has not happened, especially some of our domestic companies. And potentially they may have to pay penalties to meet the NHTSA program without really any benefits to the environment. So if they meet the EPA program, they wanna make sure that they also meet the NHTSA program. So that's the issue. So what I'm seeing uh, from the industry, and it starts with the alliance, I see them basically saying, what a moment, slow down. You know, you're going to open the door for China. I mean, this is, this is fear mortgage. Yeah, China is ahead of us. But if we don't do this, we really keep the door open for China. We're never going to catch up, am I right? And the other thing that I see is that the proposal, they're saying, is neither reasonable or feasible. And that is wrong. The proposal is both reasonable and feasible. And if you look at these comments from different companies, Ford stands out as the only company that says, yes, we can do it. 
Uh, Stellantis and Toyota, they were, I wouldn't say, based on reviewing the comments, they were the most negative ones. It cannot be done, you know, slow down, too much, too fast. So that's what I see. So is it the same as back in the 90s and 2000? The degree of pushback is there, is there, when you look at the association. But I believe that individual companies like Ford, like General Motors, I want to say companies like Volvo, Volkswagen, Mercedes, to just mention a few, they will, they will support ambitious standards because they're investing. Okay. Uh, and, and they start investing before the IRA. So, so I think there is what we, I see now is a group of companies that are forward thinking, uh, that they have been investing, they see the future with electrification. And I see other companies that have not come <laughs> to the to the dance or to the dinner, you know, <laughs> and they are late. So, so uh, Toyota, Toyota is, a, is an extraordinary company. I'm very disappointed with Toyota. They spread uh, misinformation about electric cars and electrification. Their country, Japan, I think 2020, put forward a proposal to stop selling, you know, 20, 2030s, early 2030, the Japanese government said, we're not going to see sales of any gasoline and diesel cars in 2030. And before you know it, you know, because of the companies, how strong the companies are, Toyota and Honda and Nissan, uh, they changed their mind. And Toyota has been spreading this information. So, so. My hope is that if they are serious about electrification, as they are saying they are, they can be extraordinary. They have fantastic engineers. They can innovate. They're working on solid state battery. I think they can do it. But I'm still questioning, are they really serious? They're saying the right things. They're saying they're going to invest. I hope they're serious because the planet <laughs> needs them to be serious because they are the number one and Volkswagen has been investing, the number two global company. And, and I want to see Toyota becoming back the green company that I remember. Margot Oge is the former director of the EPA's Office of Transportation and Air Quality and the current chair of the International Council on Clean Transportation. She spoke with our own Pete Bigelow on Shift, a podcast about mobility. You can hear their full conversation on Shift wherever you get your podcasts. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer and Alicia Anderson. Today's episode includes reporting from our own Michael Martinez, Lawrence Iliff, and CJ Moore. You can get the latest news on acquisitions, new hires, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow. We'll be joining you from the floor of the Detroit Auto Show at Huntington Place in downtown Detroit, talking with Edmonds Executive Director of Insights, Jessica Caldwell. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.